welcome back, Fantasy Addicts, to the program that puts the AC in action and adventure. This is the League of Ultimate Questing. My name's Kip Gilligan, and with me as always is the chiseled but charming Stormclad Thundertongue. Kip, I'm in a great mood. I'm one mocha away from filling out my Baba Java punch card for a free hex removal. Should I remove the curse that makes me afraid of animals dressed as people, or the one that makes coriander taste like dish soap? Hmm, well, that's a tough one. Wait, how many curses have been put on you? Ah, I lost count. They give you character. I'm thinking coriander. The thunder tongue is itching for a good Alcaran curry. Besides, people should be afraid of animals wearing clothes. It's like they're mocking me. They're planning something. Is that coriander thing a curse? I thought some people were just born with that. What, like a bloodline curse? Like my maternal great-grandpeep spilled a spice merchant's chai and that cilantro tastes like toiletries? I don't know if that tracks. I'd have figured I got this particular whammy for accidentally trampling Harvey Nimblerook's herb garden on my way to work every day for the last three years. But why the hell does your dog's sweater vest have pockets, Harvey? He doesn't have keys. He's not gonna spot you at dither at the corner store. Well, while you ponder that, let's check in on the mortal Dawn, who've come out on top in a bizarre bar fight and are making their retreat. Gods have mercy on those who ruffle the feathers of a short-fused barkeep. I hope that little sky dinghy's got some zip or the MDs will be washing dishes and spitting teeth for a week. Let's hope indeed. I can't wait to see what's next in store. The mortal dawn leaves the stolid void in a hurry, following Pickens' lead, after winning a quick and outlandish bar fight. Upon making it out into the busy street, Pickens unfolds the package he was carrying, revealing a collapsible skyship with six fins and metal framework. You clamber aboard quickly, as a few massive blasts of force are released into the air from behind you, and the disgruntled bar owner, Izzy unloads a few rounds of their energy crossbow. You get the feeling if they wanted to hit, they could have. The team, feet now safely on deck, grab hold of the railing as the Elman Dagger takes off at a fast clip through the open market air of Abel. Dipping under bridges, squeezing between buildings, and avoiding impacting one of the many large flying inhabitants of the Infinite City. Morty paws up to Pickens at the wheel and drops a mechanical tendril onto the deck at his feet that he was holding in his teeth, clearly Morty's spoil from the bar fight. He looks down, picks it up, and tucks it into his belt and pats Morty on the head and said, It's good! <laughs> Holy, holy, <laughs> what did you do? This was very good. <laughs> Why was he shooting at you? Uh, Izzy needed a distraction so Pickens could get Elman Dagger. My ship belonged to me, left with Izzy for temporary. I mean, but we had to, we have to almost die in the process? There's no die, mortal <gasps> done. Good. It was bar fight. You can handle bar fight? I, I, I guess so. You kick... Every ass good. <laughs> uh, it's just another kind of performance, right? Uh, that, I like. That's a good way to look at it. Yes, yes. Whatever makes you comfortable with hurting people. This is okay. <laughs> oh. We have much, many list things to do before leaving. Pickens, steer ship. You hold on tight. We go fast. Hold on tight to what? And it's not a big ship. All of you are basically standing shoulder to shoulder on the deck. It's maybe 20 feet long by 15 feet wide. So there's a small under area where you can rest and things, but it's it's like the size of a, the boat your uncle would have. It's not huge. <laughs> it's like the size of Woodrow? It's a little bigger than Woodrow, okay. but otherwise it looks very much like a Mackinac sailing ship, except instead of a large sail on top, it has fins that kind of come out of the side and the back. This glorified space dinghy makes me very uncomfortable. <laughs> Elman Dagger, very good ship. Been around long time. And he proves this by accelerating a great deal. Mm -hmm. And you quickly make your way out of the market district, through residential areas, industrial portions, and what looks kind of like alien farmlands. The dagger is fast. Its age is evident, but it handles smooth. The occasional creaks of the woodwork don't seem to bother the pilot. And then the landscape below you changes. There, floating out in the pink void of Abel space, there is a broken white planetoid. It's cracked like an egg, with the top half removed, and shards of floating white move around it like satellites. The interior is full of flowing green streams of running liquid, and piles and piles of garbage. This is a midden slag. It's like cosmic dump. Uh, we need to do shopping, and Pickens has no currency. Yes? <laughs> what are we going to buy things with? Not buy, shop. 
Uh, and the smell immediately hits you as the Elmen dagger begins to descend. And this is far beyond the smell of like larder dump rotting. This is machine parts, alien vegetation, running toxic fluids. And the Elmen dagger sets down in a clearing surrounded by just huge towering piles of debris, refuse. There's like chunks of whole ships that are just split in half sitting about. And uh, where you land, the largest structure that you can see looks like a really large torso of a humanoid statue. And it's made of bronze and gold with like a big gladiator helmet. It's got to be 40 feet tall. And it has one large muscular arm. The other one is completely rended off and replaced with like very small mechanical servines and things. It's covered in moss and moisture, rust, and dust. I look the heart attacks. Friend of yours? <laughs> with the bronze guy? The. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I, I'm familiar with bronze dragons, not bronze statues. I was thinking maybe you met him at the last one-armed meetings. Oh, I wiggle my tendrils. <laughs> and uh, Pickens lands, kind of does a parking procedure where it sets down very softly and the fins fold in and immediately jumps off and Morty excitedly leaps over the rails and jumps down with him. Moves over to kind of sniff something and then retreats to Arvid immediately. Is any of this alive? Am I going to have to worry about walking around? Yes. <laughs> Good. Uh, <laughs> And then he uh, looks upward and shouts, Briston! Briston Goldarm! It's Pickens! And the statue, where the hollow eyes and the helmet are, a light kind of flickers for a moment and then kicks on, and the statue with a grinding noise looks down towards the clearing that you're parked in. It says, Pickens, I haven't seen you in a very long time. And he kind of moves up and pats it on the stomach. He's like, it's good. Good to see you, friend. Have you come for a visit? He says, uh, very busy. Uh, family in danger. Uh, he kind of gestures to you. This is my friend Briston. Uh, he used to be a Yankee ship. A figurehead kind of T-posing for you to emulate his design. Uh, Yankee ships, very smart, old, many memories. Uh, Briston been in slag for a long time, knows the garbage, the waste, uh, sees all, speaks to the creatures. Uh, Briston, I need accumulator and manifester. And his huge metal arm grinds and dust and some birds fly out of it as he moves it up and kind of touches his chin and says, Hmm, I think I saw a manifester down by the river bend over those hills. As for an accumulator, that's going to take some work. And he lifts his huge hand kind of behind him and grabs the front half of what looks like a spelljammer ship and sort of rips it out of this pile of trash and with a huge thud sets it down in the clearing near you. It says, I'm pretty sure there's one in there, but it might take some digging to get to. I hope you have time. Pickens kind of pulls his hair back and says, um, not too much time. Uh, Mortal Don, uh, I'm paying you. You do as I say, yes? Um, you go down to river and find Manifester. Look kind of like Pony Keg with, uh, with wig. Yes? <laughs> what? You Easy to time. find. What? Uh, black Barrel uh -huh. uh, with hair, rib uh, wires, oh, many. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> Sorry, Pony Keg wig. <laughs> yeah, I'm just imagining like a like a judge's wig, like the white powdered like. <laughs> I was thinking like Def Leppard hair metal. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. This is good word wig. A uh, kind of tugging on Chris's long hair gently. Excuse me. Not wig. No, not at all. <laughs> what is wig then? We travel Lucinelli. I hear wig, wig, wig. Wig makes people feel better about getting older. Ah, it's like pill. <laughs> da, like pill. Like a placebo. Ah, don't know placebo, but you explain placebo more later. Yeah. Now, go find Manifestor, please. Yeah, wig in one word, unconvincing. <laughs> Pickens pulls some tools off of his belt and says, Pickens has digging to do and begins to climb inside of the wreckage of this ship. And you see him throw out, like, a dead, bizarre, like, purple tentacle possum. Harthax picks up the dead possum thing. <laughs> it stinks. <laughs> Good. So you have been given a task, and it seems like while he's digging around inside the ruins of this ship, he's having a conversation with this colossal structure that its voice echoes out through the dump. 
Chris just like has his coat over his face. It's like, well, it smells a bit better than a beef is. No, no, it's the same. <laughs> Arvid is running through the trash and, uh, you know, trying to, to get Morty to catch things and, and is generally having a good time. Wait, what are we doing? I wasn't paying attention. Something about a wig. Uh, Arvid pulls up a random piece of junk. Is this it? <laughs> and the huge voice says, No, down by the river bend across those hills. Arvid is like going to do trying to throw throw the large objects as hard as he can. You know, boys throwing rocks and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You might be able to find some good costuming supplies here in case we have to disguise ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help but picture Arvid doing like trash angels. <laughs> For the last time we had a bunch of junk, Arvid disguised himself as a robot using like, <laughs> like you know, mm-hmm. dryer hoses and things. <laughs> so. You're just going to like pick up a whole like retinue of new bacteria to bring back to me. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. oh, yeah. Like, I found this purple stuff. Look, I'm painting my face. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Yuck. <laughs> Fun. It slimed me. <laughs> Uh, but the directions are fairly easy to follow. There's only one large river near you, and it appears to be quite acrid and disgusting. A swampy green with, like, you think the surface underneath it might be pitch black just based on how dark it is. It could just be corroding its way through the dump. And you follow it, covering your nose as much as you can. And you do get to a place where several large dunes of refuse are collected, and the river kind of bends between them. And there's a lot of flotsam and jetsam sticking around. As you're walking, Chris, you actually notice a creature jump out of the water, which startles you just a bit. But it looks like a really fat red frog. Like it's actually weirdly similar to a frog that you would see back in Mackinac. It looks up at you and starts to inflate its throat. And it just keeps going and going. And it's okay. then Calm down. it explodes. <laughs> and hundreds of tiny insects oh. climb out and begin to feast on the exploded frog. Oh. Not okay. Nothing about this is okay. I want to go home. And I would like all of you to roll me a group investigation check, and I'll go around and get your totals. I have big investigates. 14. 14 for Arvid. 5. 5 for Haru. 21. 21 for Christ. And never mind, I don't have big investigates. <laughs> you got the big perceptions. I do. 18. Nice. That is more than enough. It does take you guys a better part of 15 minutes. You do occasionally see some very large, disgusting, like tendrilled pigeons flying overhead and picking at some trash. But you find what looks like it used to be maybe uh, like the panel of a ship, maybe like a control section. There are weird buttons and levers like you've never seen. They kind of remind you of things you've seen in Anmar, like the Steam Tech City. And they're kind of stuck to the underside. You would have missed it at first. Is this gleaming black keg uh, with wires that are kind of stuck into the bottom of it and it has little buttons and dead lights on the front but it matches the description fairly well and it looks available for the taking harthax is like splashing in the river a little bit (laughs) really really in the river really how big is this thing uh it's roughly the size of like a small pony keg yeah, yeah. yeah i will try to hoist it okay it feels like the wires are all stuck into the bottom of this control deck might take a little forcing are they within earshot Oh, yeah, you all are oh. within a pretty close... No, I meant like the uh, the rest of the guys, the big guys. Oh, no, they're way back. Shit. Uh, I don't want to break anything. Is uh, any of this important? I think it's already broken. Does it need all of this uh, hair? <laughs> I can break it. But this You breaking it is no different <laughs> from me breaking it. I mean, we can get it, give it a haircut, I guess. <laughs> Look, I am not space barber. I don't know what uh, I'm supposed to do with this thing. Is it alive? Can we detach it? I, I don't know. Look for any places where I can separate it from its confinements sure uh it seems like each of these wiry follicles of what were described as hair do kind of pluck out um it seems like there's a small severing at the end like it's not a clean plug but they break pretty easily i hope these aren't important (laughs) and harathax while you're taking a quick dip and testing the acidity of this bizarre river i would like you to give me a perception check okay testing the acidity (laughs) it's like a good year you've got like yeah i have to measure its ph (laughs) uh you said perception Mm mm-hmm Seven. Seven. Okay. So you are unfortunately caught completely off guard as erupting from the toxic river, a huge mass of living trash emerges and slams down on top of you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Harthex gets that one. Oh. Right as it smashes down. Uh, uh, real quick. You mean my ex? <laughs> oh, wow. You stole bad jokes for me. I was going to say Samantha can attest to the fact that my nickname in high school was Garbage Elemental. 
I like that. I like that Arvid just met this poor girl, and now all of a sudden he's no, making jokes no, about no, his no, ex. No, that was Sam, not Arvid. She's a lovely lady. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus! All right, rolling. All right, let's get your initiatives. What did Arvid get? Seven total. Seven total. Oof. Haru. Fifteen total. Fifteen. Christ. Sixteen. Artyom? Modified twenty. Modified <sighs> twenty. All right. So the garbage beasts are going to get a surprise round, and then we will start the initiative normally. That seems sensible. <laughs> so the refuse mound that piles down on top of Harothax is going to make two slam attacks against okay. you. Yeah. Both of them are at advantage. Oh, good. Yes, they hit. <laughs> uh, very likely. A 17 on the first one. Yeah. And a critical on the second one. Uh, oh. No, actually. The critical misses. That's <laughs> funny how that works, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> I love it. 16 from the first hit. Okay. Man, that's not pleasant. Ouch. This will probably be more unpleasant. Oh, no. And a 26 from the second hit. So that's 42 total? Yeah. Oh, no. well, that's more than half my health. No. <laughs> Everybody's trying to kill her with eggs. You also now have the restrained condition as you have been engulfed. Okay. Cool. Well, uh, okay. Two more of these very huge garbage monsters emerge and begin to move towards the other members of the Mortal Dawn, clamoring out of the acid as liquid pours out of holes in their body. Oh, so law. Can you explain for me and the folks at home what engulfed means? I don't know if that's an actual like uh, mechanic. Condition. Condition. Restrained basically means Harothak's speed is now zero. Mm. Uh, and on Haru's turn, they can attempt to break out of the restrained condition based on what kind of engulfment it is. Okay. Very good. One of them does not have enough speed to make it to you, but it, it's kind of moving on all fours like a big garbage bear lumbering towards you. <laughs> a big garbage bear? I it's like adorable so and much. disgusting. Um, but the other one that was closer has the range to attack Crist from behind. <gasps> oh. So the first slam has a 24 to hit. Mm, okay. And the second slam is even higher. No! <laughs> oh my god, I'm gonna die. So why are they getting advantage? Just out of curiosity. Uh, they have a surprise round on you, and they actually have a terrain bonus for being in the river the same turn that they attack. Gotcha. You didn't get crit, so you may not take quite as much damage as I did. Um, do you, do you know my maximum health? Yes. Okay. You take a total of 27 points of damage. Okay. All right. I can. I can live. Oh. Are you in single digits now? Yes. Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, you also gain the restrained condition as this thing basically wraps around you in a trashy bear hug and begins to pull you into its acidic body. Oh. So initiative begins normally, and the first to react is Artyom. My family only knows how to give trashy bear hugs. <laughs> mm -hmm. What's that even mean? <laughs> it's mostly just a bear hug, but you're wearing Daisy Duke cutoffs. <laughs> and, a, and a wife beater. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good look. Very good. Uh, so um, let's see here. I don't know much about these these wacky cats, uh, but I do know they do seem to like a hug. Uh, mm -hmm. And I'm going to go ahead and deny them that. I'd like to move kind of around, mm -hmm. um, let's say, kind of near where Arvid is, but just a little bit back. Okay. Oh, wait, shit. No, hold on. I'm just trying to think what would be best for me here. How far away is the one that's on Harithax? The one that is on Harithax is 510. Looks like 40 feet from here. Oh, shit. That's too far. Um, then I'm going to move 10 feet closer to that one, and I'm going to go ahead and pop a fat channel divinity, and I'm going to hit it with that uh, Radiance of Dawn. You move up so that you can hit all of them. Is that the plan? That's the idea. Ooh. There's like no fucking light here. Everything looks like shit. Um, but all of a sudden, it's almost like bloom lighting gets turned on, mm. and then a faint glow and glimmer off of all the trash and filth <laughs> and accumulating humidity and everything like that, and it all just starts to glimmer and glint, and then a flash of light. It's a lens flare from somewhere, basically. Oh. Yeah, I can picture like the burger wrapper unfolding like a flower. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right. Uh, what kind of saving throw does that yield? Con save. Con save. Okay. Uh, two of them did very well, both getting over 20. The other one got a total of seven. Not gonna do it. And that's 2d10. Eight and three. That's 11 plus my cleric level, which is eight. So that is 19. 19. All right. And the other two take half of that. Yup. Got it. And let me just double check on something here. Sure. Uh, yes. I'm going to go ahead and drop 
a <laughs> I like this. So a garbage can lid pops out of the ground, kind of wrestling against the other filth. Yeah. And then it starts glowing and gleaming and then turns into a very janky and shaky chakram of light nice. and starts flying at them. I'm going to pull up my spiritual weapon. Nice. I like it. It's like an off-brand spiritual weapon. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, do you have a preference of who it lands next to? Um, let's go ahead and put it on the Hardithax one because this seems like it's going to be a problem. So I use my bonus action for that. Mm -hmm. uh, do, do I still get an attack on the first round? Yep. Nice. Good. What, is Good. this Channel Divinity in action? Yeah. Okay. Spiritual weapon's a bonus action. Including yeah. the oh, right. Oh, that's what you meant. Yep. Okay. I thought he meant can he attack still and I was like, what? Right. <laughs> uh, with, with the spell, yes. Yes. Exactly. Um, let me just check something. I want to see uh, what, what level I want to cast that at. Sure. Because I can't remember what bonuses it gives at higher levels. More damage, I think. I think so. Um, yeah. You know what? Right now, it's a level two. Let's go ahead and cast that bad motherfucker at a level four. Okay. I want a 3d8 damage on that. Boosh. I don't blame you. That is a natural fucking 20. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to hit that bad motherfucker with For 68 six, damage. 68 yeah. damage. And you still get to add your wisdom bonus. Holy shit. What? Um, nice. So that's... 15 so that's uh 27 plus my uh wisdom modifier yep okay yeah so that is another four on top of that hmm. damn he just blows up right <laughs> so this illuminated trash can lid like rips out like a chakram and literally carves two of this thing's arms off of its body <laughs> and this deluge of acidic fluid and pieces of garbage and half-eaten sandwiches and empty bottles just pours out of its torso lovely artifacts you okay um, mostly. <laughs> I'll figure it out. <laughs> Next up in the initiative is Chris. You are being hugged. Ooh. Uh, so a couple questions. Mm -hmm. Is um restrained technically different from proned? Yes, very. Damn it. Uh, can I still do spells? Yes, you can. Your speed is zero. That's basically the limit oh. of this right now. You can't move. Well, screw this. I'm gonna thunderstep. Oh yeah. Well, that works. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. Very good. Huh? Very good. Very yeah. good use. This is like the ideal use of Thunderstep. Yes. <laughs> Screw this up. Am I Bye. too close? Are you too close to but what? Yeah, I'm going to take... Am I going to take... No. no, you're like way over there. It's what? a 10-foot circle, right? Yes. Thunderstep is a 10-foot radius. Okay, so it's literally going to be like right on the edge of RTM's ring, like you feel the force black against your face, but you don't take damage. Oh. Uh, please remind me what kind of saving throw this creature is taking. Oh, yes. I believe uh, it's con, but I'm going to go on. You are absolutely correct. It is a constitution saving throw. Well, it's cocked. Ooh, 19. Oh, no, my spell DC is 15, so I think he takes half damage. That's true. You still get to move wherever you need to, though. The concussive oh. force blowing garbage air and, <laughs> and then it'll damp oh. garbage water flex. Ew, ew. Ah, uh, the sea breeze. It's like being in the dish pit at work. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is it really 3D10? Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's a good spell. <laughs> I know. I just use it. I don't often use it for damage that I just forget. Correct. <laughs> you can yep. say that about a lot of your spells, to be fair. <laughs> Except shatter. This is like off. It's like off-label use of a medication for, yeah. for for Chris. It's just like, oh, I get this is supposed to be for killing things. <laughs> Wait, yeah. Vicodin also kills pain. <laughs> take it to sleep. <laughs> All right, so that's a thirteen, mm -hmm. and I'm gonna appear right behind Arvid. And if you'll bear with me, I think you're bearing without them now. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, that uh. When I appear, the force of the blow, of mm -hmm. course, sends like all the wafts of grossness. And it actually, I, I make the mistake and then it like actually comes our way. And even though I land right behind him, I kind of gag a little bit because right, of all that. Right. And um, of course, in that cinematic instance, you get the Arvid with like eyes squinted, closed and mouth just like, like, just like <laughs> splash. Just like, mm, yeah, it's gross. <laughs> That's what I imagine. Like, yes. And it so disgusting. It mostly misses Chris because he uses you as a wall to catch yeah, the explosion exactly, of mass. Exactly. wall. Yes. I mean, essentially what happens is you trigger the popping of a septic water balloon. <laughs> mm. Oh, God. And the splash that emits lands all around you, but you kind of have an Arvid-shaped wall of it in front of you. I'm trying to decide if that's my new least favorite description that Law's ever given us. It's up Wait, there. Wait, what was the other it's one really with good. the flesh? Fleshy Beach. Fleshy. Was... <laughs> Fleshy Beach is high on the list of things I never want to hear again in my life. No one understands my poetry. <laughs> You're ahead of your time. I'm but you. needless to say, Arvid gets 90s Nickelodeon and... <laughs> I guess I do too, right? You get a, you get a good splatter too. Um, and with that, I, I I try to 
gather my constitution and slap Ovid on the back. He's like, go get him, Tiger, and inspire them. I smell hey. like Jean-Pierre's dish rag. <laughs> oh. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. It's very visceral as a chef. <laughs> <laughs> that does bring us to the well-smushed Haruthax. Okay. From my position inside of this uh, shambling mound of garbage, <clears throat> I can still cast spells. Yeah. I'm going to cast Vampiric Touch. Ooh. Is it possible to miss from inside of it? Only with a very horrible roll. Okay. But yeah, your cast, AC is very low to hit. I cast I cast Vampiric Touch and I start touching. Okay. <laughs> start. Just go hands touching crazy. Touching the garbage. Yeah. Um, Sink your hands into an old Would diaper. you say advantage for being inside of it to attack or just, oh, the just, AC's it's just, just a loaded? Low. Okay. It's got like the jelly stuff popping out and everything. It is a melee touch attack. So I just add my spellcasting modifier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you use one of mine? Missing this would be like missing I-beams. It would be, yeah. How hard is there. it to look at it? Use that. No, no, I'll, <laughs> use that I'll, I'll use this one. I'll use this one. It rolled okay for initiative. Okay. So, But that one... 15 to hit. That is easily enough. All right, great. It takes 46 necrotic damage. So that's the dice. I thought you were telling me the number 46, oh. and I'm like, I think I know Vampiric Touch enough to know <laughs> that that's broken. <laughs> that's a good spell. It's not that good. At fourth level. No, but the fact that wizard can heal himself is what's very dope. Uh, Was the dopest. Twelve. Twelve points of necrotic damage. Okay, and you heal all of that? Uh, No, I heal half, so I gain six back. Gotcha. Well, this is very similar to being wrapped in, like, bubble wrap, but each bubble is full of month-old soup. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So you are just in this viscerally disgusting burrito that you're squishing your way around. I'm like absorbing health out of it and hating the whole thing. Perfection. You can't move, so I'm not going to give you the option. Right, yep, I'm not going to move. You could just shift yourself so your face isn't pressed into an old raccoon. Right, yeah. I start wearing the possum like a face mask. It's a better smell of the two. Right, yeah, exactly. Uh, No, I don't think I take a bonus action. It doesn't make sense to shillelagh my staff while I have bonus action, or while I've got vampiric touch going, so... Yeah, you manage to like get your very snoot out and try to grasp yeah. some fresh air. I definitely do close my nictitating membranes, though, so at least it's not getting in my eyes. Mm. Gotcha. So now the mounds are going to go once more. The one that you're inside of is falling apart. Like, you're just kind of wearing a fur coat made of trash. Like, it's starting to deteriorate <laughs> rapidly. But because it has you inside of it, it's going to make one slam attack, and it has advantage because it's already squeezing you, and okay. then you're going to take some acid damage, which I think isn't that big of a deal for Haruthas. I I'm not overly concerned about it. So to slam, we will just start with you, is a 22 to hit. That will, in fact, hit. Uh, 14 damage. Yikes. These things hit really hard. Uh, Maths. Yep. Okay. And then you take three acid damage. Okay. Because <laughs> I rolled uh, horrible. And then is that already reduced or? That's the total. So whatever okay. you need to subtract so, from that. So I have resistance to acid, so I take one. Yeah. Okay. And then is that two separate constitution or concentration checks or just one for the total? It's two. Okay. They're separate sources, okay. yeah. Uh, let's see. I was at 22. I take one, so I'm at 21 hit points now. First concentration check uh, is DC 10 because I took 14 damage. Yep, they're both 10. Okay. Uh, I roll a natural 20. Nice. Second is uh, 12. I'm Perfect. Fine. And the other ones are going to charge forward, one of them lumbering towards Artyom, and the other one is going to move up to Arvid, you being the new wall between its target, Chris. Uh, they no longer have advantage because they did not spend the beginning of their turn in the acid, so they're making these normally, but you each get two slam attacks at you. I'm going to warding flare one of them. Okay, so the first one's at disadvantage on Artyom. Oh, shit, 23 for the lowest one. Oh, my God. Damn. That was a good roll. <laughs> these things are rolling really high. Yeah. And... Uh, that is an even 20. But, well, your AC is 20? 21. Oh. So the second one misses. Yeah. It's roll high. Uh, I rolled really good for damage, though, so an even 20 damage as well. Oh, just a nice, just, even, good old-fashioned 20. Just a smooth, Jesus. casual 20 damage. Just a casual 20 points of damage with a non-crit. Oh, dear. So coming in at Arvid, we've got a 19 and a critical. <gasps> what? That's a lot of criticals in one fucking fight, man. (laughs) I'm ready for the damage. Give it to me. (laughs) So seven from the first one, because I rolled deuces. Um, 
not a lot because I rolled really bad on all 68. So not you take a, not a single die was over a three. You take 19 total damage. That's not too bad. Two oh. attacks, one of which is a critical, and Arvid still takes one less point than Artyom did. Yeah, that's just on, the dice for you sometimes. Shoot, you said 18, 19. 19. 19. 19. So after I'm done being force fed the leftovers of a catering thing from a month ago, do I have to roll concentration for that? Or is. Uh, spiritual weapon is not concentration. Cool. So you are A OK. <clears throat> does bring it to Arvid's turn. You are face to face with one of these beasts. They all look like they've been hurt pretty badly. The area of effects and the thunder and everything are adding up quickly. Cool, cool. Arvid's going to say to Artyom, do you want me to take Harthax out of the trash or do you want me to take the trash out? I think Harthax can handle themselves. Arvid's going to rage then and roll to attack with Parity, the axe. Mm -hmm. We're going with the radiant side. Yeah. And that's a total of 18 to hit. First one hits. Let's see your second. Oh, yeah. I have multiple attacks now. Mm-hmm. Same exact numbers. Oh, there's a crit. Hey. hey. Woo. Very fresh. Unlike the monster. Okay. 36. 36? Uh-huh. Perfect. And that one also took most of a thunder step. So with two flashes of white as parody arcs out twice and you're in full berserk mode, arm and head fall one direction, torso and legs slide the other. And it just kind of like unfolds like a rotten banana as you're up to your knees in garbage. (laughs) These descriptions. So as one of the trash beasts is now completely felled, and the other one that is attacking Harothax is in ribbons. They begin to recede, and the one that's on you sort of unfolds and slides back into the fluid. And the one that's fighting Artyom looks around, realizing that you're not the easy lunch that they were anticipating, and makes its way back to the river to dive in, lumbering like a big, gross idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So they came as quick as they went, beat the shit out of you, and then ran after you tried to explode all of them. And uh, you hear a voice shouting from the hill that you crossed to get over here. You see Pickens' silhouette against the light, and he's carrying a huge chunk of machinery under his arm. He says, hey, what's taking so long? Mortal Dawn always goofing off. (laughs) Let us go. Much to do. I think I'm going to check my biscuits. Whoa, whoa. Easy there, pal. What's the matter? Were you not watching? The MDs just got baptized in hot alien garbage water. I swear to the gods I can smell it through the scry. You must have one strong imagination, buddy. Ugh. Ugh. It's so bad. Can you imagine being marinated in sun-baked sentient trash chowder? Or getting swallowed whole by a fat stack of rancid pancakes covered in curdled milk? Um, hmm. Well, when you put it that way, that does sound pretty awful. I need a cleansing ritual for my eyes. Maybe just stab him out with this ink pen and have him regenerated. Quick, get which is cheaper? Cleansing ritual, regeneration. Well, the depending on the... Ah, it doesn't matter. The images will be carved into my mind like a stab wound on a festering moose corpse bloating in the river. I may have to skip lunch. Hey, this is a nice pen. How long has it been on the desk? Uh, since day one. No kidding? Dang, that's a solid piece of work. Wait. Am I supposed to be writing stuff down? I think it's optional. Oh, thank goodness. I had a school flashback and not being ready for a test because I didn't take notes. And Hold on, let me write something down here. Talk to therapist about school nightmares. <laughs> this rules. Well, that didn't take long to recover from. Was I now? Why don't we take a break to check in with this week's special sponsors? Stay tuned, folks. Good evening, folks. I'm Chaz Mancor, and welcome back to Charm or Harm. Charm or Harm. These three contestants compete for fat stacks of crowns as they're given scenarios where they have to decide if the correct course of action is to talk their way out of it or fight for their lives. Will it be diplomacy or destruction? Contestant number one. You found the Magister's missing dog. You turn it into the palace for the posted reward of 100 gold. The Magister brings you 50 and thanks you in person, accompanied by 14 of his loyal guard. What do you do? Um, 
Ask him nicely where the other 50 is. Hold him to his word. Kill him. Show me charm or harm. Whoops. Looks like he's offended at you questioning his honor and as the guards feed you to the dogs. The correct answer was harm. Point goes to contestant number three. Contestant number two, you found a pickpocket with his hand in your coin purse. It looks like a hungry child caked in dirt. What do you do? Let him have a coin, but tell him not to steal. Scare him off. No harm, no foul. Kill him. Show me charm or harm. Whoa, turns out it's a well-trained gnome in disguise who makes his way back to the Thieves' Guild and points you out as a mark. You're assassinated in your sleep. The correct answer was harm. Three is way in the lead. Contestant three, you're competing on a game show when the producers and host have promised that if you win, you get a whole load of coins. But even after you get the most points, they send you home empty-handed and tell you, that's showbiz. What do you do? Oh, come on, tough guy. You've been talking the kill game all night. What's the matter? Lose your nerve? Just try it, little man. I'm the kind of crazy that makes people give up on love. Come on down, I'll give you a freebie. I'll break you like a vow. I'll cut your toes off and shove them right up your hole. I'll paint your back in glue, slap a woven rug on it, take a nap on top of you, and then wake up to rip it off. What's the matter? No, come back. We've got great prizes in store. Aw, oh, shucks. Looks like all the contestants have left. Aww. No winner this week, but join us again next time for more... Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The Shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. It's always a pleasure to talk to my LU cuties. This is Zach, and I am back! Portland, sweet Portland, how I miss your trees, your civil unrest, and your infrastructure maintenance. It's good to be home, but even gooder to bring you this episode of the podcast that may one day save me from the clutches of a career I loathe. Saved, in fact, by none other than the legendary teams of our LUQ Patreon. Those are the Moonlight Veil, the Ancestors' Fury, the Cultured Cutthroats, the Iron Rhapsody, and this week's featured team, the Tavern Brawlers, with Daniel Pickens-Jones, Tracy Rivington, and Dovathor, and Dave Blodnov, who has been helping me with a little project I'm working on. Very hush-hush. I also want to give a special thanks to Christopher Mashburn for a few reasons. One, I adore the NPC that Law named after him for his contribution to our Patreon. Two, his fan art is unparalleled, one of Artyom, which I adore, and one of that same eponymous NPC, both of which are unbelievable and can be found tagged on our Instagram at slapthedash. And three, for upping their already considerable monthly donation to make the number a little more sinister. Now, this is a practice that we've seen from a few of our patrons, including most recently Jen Finch, and I just wanted to thank you for it. I also wanted to apologize to one of our newest patrons for missing up their name. That is Brandon Wills, not Brandon Willis. It apparently happens a lot, but not on my podcast, damn it. That being said, Brandon's team assignment is forthcoming. As soon as we get another Legendary Tier subscriber, we'll be adding a whole new team to the roster, so keep an eye out for that. I am back to streaming tonight, so come hang out at 6pm PST for a taste of something a little different. I'm going to be playing Blasphemous, a breathtakingly gorgeous and deeply disturbing Metroidvania indie game with one of the most amazing soundtracks that I've ever heard, and a world of harrowing lore inspired by grotesque Spanish Catholic mythology. The whole thing deeply tickles my twisted religious fascinations, and I hope to see you there. That being said, I got nothing more to yammer on about, so let's get back to the action. This is Winston Faye Vanderfield III with Breaking News. 
The Hallower Vault, one of Leone's most fortified mints and gold repositories, has been besieged by mysterious magical sources following an unattributed series of failed attempts to penetrate the vault over the last few weeks. The attacks prompted the Harrower family, owners and operators of the storied facility, to commission League of Ultimate Questing Paragon-ranked team Salt and Iron as additional security. This morning, however, the attempts at fortification seem to have proven fruitless as reports indicated that half of the building, as well as a considerable portion of the island upon which it rests, have vanished. And I'm just now receiving word that Salt and Iron have indeed disappeared as well. The members have been classified as missing by League officials, and the families have been notified. As word spreads, citizens and noble officials are outraged at the secrecy regarding the source of the attacks. However, representatives of the administration are quick to dispel rumors that information is being withheld to prevent worsening of tensions with Alcara, whom nationalists are quick to blame due to the Northern Kingdom's alleged propensity for, quote, theft, trickery, and all-around skullduggery. We at Mackinac News 5 do not condone hearsay or slander, and will work tirelessly to find the truth. In response to potential economic devastation, the Andesian White Hand has been deployed to investigate the attack. And while Leonin officials have every confidence that the hand will be able to reverse the conjuration, the disappearance of an estimated 17% of the kingdom's uncirculated coin has left a sour taste, and the treasury will undoubtedly be looking for a fresh mint. This has been Winston Faye Bandefeth III for Mackinac News 5. Five kingdoms, one story. So the Mortal Dawn and Pickens return to the Elmen Dagger with the found accumulator and manifester and get the hell out of this rotting dump as quickly as you can. And once again, return to the infinite city of Abel. You're soaring over the countless districts, towering buildings cast shadows over a patchwork tapestry of alien architecture. In places, monstrous entities as large as the buildings themselves lean down as though they're studying the streets below them. And with time, you make your way to a place where the buildings become more uniform. Huge metallic towers stand in the distance, similar to one another and perhaps laid out in a very intentional pattern. The domed roofs of large government buildings are white and marble, with weeping lines of glowing silver laced throughout them. Long lines of crowds surround the largest of the buildings. Pickens steers past the metallic towers, towards the one furthest away from the district, which seems to be hewn from a faded stone. Four curved pillars meet at a point, leaving a wide open space over the top of the roofless tower. And there, suspended by hanging chains from the converging points of the spires, is a massive, beating mechanical heart. Its pulses cause lines of energy to dance across the surface. The walls are overgrown with vines and moss. There is a huge set of marble white steps that lead up all four sides to the entrances surrounding the tower. Unlike the other official-looking spires, this one has very few visitors. There are no lines. It almost looks abandoned in comparison, and the Elman Dagger descends carefully to park outside, before it folds back up into a neat case. Pickin seems very nervous about being here. He says, this is uh, Halls of Order. Uh, strange and dangerous place in many ways. Um, Pickens comes here to do more shopping um, as we go up steps, 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 uh, magic get weaker inside. No magic, not from you. Are we expecting any resistance? I'm still fairly injured. Should we prepare ourselves or? Uh, uh, sisters of order, not violent ever. Uh, very important, but not to kill. Okay. They do kill with time. Better play it safe than sorry. Everybody gather up. Come on, gather up. Okay, okay. 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 <laughs> time for trick. <laughs> and then they cast prayer of healing on everybody. Um, it doesn't look like anything special. All he does is gently touch his chest where his holy symbol is, holds out his hand, and then everybody just suddenly starts healing. Mm. How much do they get? Um, they're all going to be getting about 17. Nice. Yeah. So you're all healed up 17 hit points. That puts me back above half at least. Woo! Does it tingle? It doesn't feel like anything. Oh. Just like his faith. <laughs> wow. That feels like a sweater. That's canonical. Uh, cano yeah. <laughs> it's canonical. <laughs> Just a sweater. Pickens claps his hands together and says, he's good. Artyom, very clever. Um, we climb long time now? Big steps. I look at the steps. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> it sounds like a bad idea. It's good exercise for team. But we just almost... Never mind. I smell like Arvid's armpit. <laughs> they do not care about smell. <laughs> I do. 
Maybe if souls smell, they care. But you all smell pretty good. Shit, maybe we shouldn't. <laughs> you can stay if you want. It's okay. Pickens has business. Yet, it's good. Let's go. Uh, and you begin ascending these marble steps. And boy, do they keep going. Um, but you do actually pass a few figures who seem to be leaving the tower as you go upward. There's a pair of what look like just small balls of light. They're kind of glowing and whispering to each other in a language you can interpret. Another 40 feet up the stairs, you pass by what looks like a female demon of some kind. She's pretty tall, maybe 10 feet. She's got silver armor and red skin with big black bat wings. And it looks like she's using a kerchief to wipe tears off of her face. Oh, uh, excuse me. Um, best leave this one alone, maybe? But she's crying. It doesn't matter. A lot of people cry for lots of different reasons. Oh, um, one moment. Oh, I can't cast spells. Never mind. Yeah, you're mute. The further up you get, the more you can feel your magic waning. Oh. The last figure you see before you reach the top is a bronze dragon. Oh. It's wearing azure robes that seem to cover its body, cut to its build. It has long dragging whiskers that just barely touch the stairs as it descends. And as it gets to about the halfway point, it just flaps its wings and takes off into the skies over Abel. As soon as Harthax sees it, their mouth just kind of drops open and they're like, ah, 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 ah. Harthax, don't stare. I d- but Christ. Chris just like takes one finger and tries to close his gaping <laughs> maw. It's actually very easy to do on alligators and crocodiles. Oh. Yes. Dragons. Beautiful. There. I didn't. There are still dragons alive here. Drag, uh, <clears throat> uh, Perez? Uh, Mackinar dragons? There's a little whirring sound. Ah, <laughs> dragons not in Mackinar for a long time, but not die. Uh, always fighting, always battle humans, always worshipped, always toiling. Uh, they, they leave. They go to place between worlds uh, to explore. The Aether? Yes, many worlds beyond Mackinar. Uh, they grew tired. Hmm. Needed to uh, stretch their wings, yeah? It's good? <laughs> good one. It's very good. Harthax wipes a tear and says, he's good. <laughs> and as you reach the top, it is obvious that your magical powers are gone. Even the tingling you sometimes get from magic items is just completely muted. And Chris, your body feels very heavy. It seems like you're wearing weights all over your chest. It feels like there are sticks like stuck in your joints, causing them to, to creak. And the weight seems to push you down. And it's uncomfortable to say the least. Uh, Chris just kind of shambles forward. Says, oh, I, um, I really don't feel so good. I've never seen you look so pale before, Chris. I, I don't, I've never, uh, what? Huh? And your prosthetic living limb, it mm-hmm. seems to go into a kind of hibernation. The tendrils and cilia just sort of lay limp. Mm-hmm. It seems to be, be living, breathing still, but it's just asleep. Mm-hmm. And Artyom, you felt like you had some stored up energy in the markings in your arms that you've been carrying with you. And they're cold. You haven't felt this cold in a long time, even in Dornheim. Some kind of wall has been put between you and the source of warmth that's always at your back. This is uncomfortable. But there is a degree of ease as the doors swing open and you hear the music. There's a kind of echoing in different semitones that come out from the base of the tower. And as they bounce on the pyres going up, they change key. And when they meet the heart at the top, it becomes this beautiful percussion. This is the music of the spheres. This is the song of celestials. It washes over you and makes you forget some of the woes that you feel. And for those who notice, Chris is actually floating a few inches off the ground. The inside of the tower seems completely barren, and there are shadows cast by all of the pyres. There's a beautiful mosaic built into the floor, and if you looked long enough, you're pretty sure you could spy every color in existence, but a kind of muted tone of it. And then stepping out of the shadows from the pyres come very tall figures. They have long flowing robes, and they seem to be wearing metal masks that sort of resemble the shape of an Easter Island head, but they have stretched out, almost feline faces, without ears. And instead of a pair of eyes, there's simply one hole carved into the center of the mask. And they approach and surround the circle, 
They come from behind you silently, and you realize there's around a dozen that have just encircled the mortal Don and Pickens. Pickens looks back to the group and kind of gives you an awkward thumbs up and says, Maidens of order, I have come to barter. And they say, Pickens, we have not seen you in some time, but we knew you would be back. What is it this time? He says, need to barter for not much. Five seconds. That's it. I give you uh, 20 years. And they say, Pickens, you are far too cavalier to exchange your years. They have lost value. This is not enough. You do not hold your life high enough. It is worthless to us. Pickens says, what do you need? Uh, 50? Uh... Name number. You really don't understand the inflation, do you? Look, I I know I can do this. They always haggle. This normal. They try to make you feel like nothing, but confidence is key. You would you would deal with your life? Have to save job family. What is life without job family? Bleh, nothing. Uh, I see. Githyanki. Long life. What if you take mine? Not part of the deal. No? The sisters seem to look around, facing down at you, and say, Have you brought currency from a far land to trade, Pickens? It says, Not part of plan. Did not ask team for years. Uh, yeah, that seems a little bit generous, don't you think? For you, maybe. For Christ, probably. For Artax, definitely. But for me? Well, I wish I could use my years for better things. I think I have enough to spare. Uh, if you're sure, then... Are you sure? Wait a moment. How, uh, you do not know how many years you have. None of us do. It could be the end. You could just drop. We need our captain. You don't need me. But <laughs> I think this is important. We don't even know what he wants. Five seconds of what? Five seconds. Of what? To control for Pickens. Part of plan. I tell you everything. But not here. We will accept years from these heroes. In their land, they are kept on a pedestal. Many eyes are upon them. Much strength comes from the viewing of them. Their years have value. Uh, well, Christus looks around, and he's he's just beyond out of it, and just, I, I, don't, I don't know if I have anything to give. You do, and all of them are looking at Christ. What do you mean? The gift... Of destroying chaos is a blessing to our order. You carry chaos in your pocket. You bring it here into our halls. And their voices begin to echo. You blaspheme our halls with your chaos. Arvid steps protectively in front of Christ and says, I know I can't speak for everyone, but I don't think we should give anyone's life for this. I, I didn't know I had chaos in me. Is, is that what this is? And they all lean in and say, the coin, the coin, the coin. The, the coin? Give it to us. Let yes. us destroy it. Uh, no, Gastiel gave it to me. He, uh, at least, I think he, I think he cares for me. I look at Chris with just the most scathing disappointment. What? What? Nothing. If not the coin, and they seem to calm, then years will suffice. You'll make me choose between my life or my love? Really? You all have years to offer, but you are the only one who bears that chaos. Everywhere it goes, it causes pain. There is no logic to its outcome. Only harm. I don't know. Well, I think it's a lot better than years. Oh, God. We would take five from these children and twenty from that one. They have different lifespans on their world. They decay at different rates, it seems. Gesturing to Artyom with the final mind. What happens to these years? Do we die sooner or do you, do you control us for that time? Do we pledge ourselves to you for this time? Everyone's cord gets severed at some point. Yours simply happens sooner. And what do you do with these years? We use them to maintain balance. Many come to barter. Many forces have the will to take their own. It is ours to patch the holes in the wall with the time we accumulate. But if you take my years, I'll never be able to achieve that balance. We don't see very much balance in your future, young one. 
Chris, I know you very much value the esteem of this strange creature. But it is fey, demon, you don't know. You, you don't understand. It's not esteem. No, you don't know. He's the only one who's ever given a damn about me. That is the stupidest thing you've ever said. Every time you've been in trouble, where have we been? You've been beside me. Yeah. Sure. And where was this creature? What has happened throughout all of your struggles? Where was he? He's been there. Watching. And doing nothing. No. He's... He's helped me find pieces of myself. Maybe the pieces of you that he wants you to find. Maybe. But there's still me. Pickens seems frustrated by what's happening. Says, 100 years. Pickens offers. If I give you this coin, will you not take anyone's lives, anyone's years? Not from those before us, but those who come to give willingly have the freedom to do so. Chris takes a moment and looks around at his team, and he, he is allowing Artyom's words to echo. They've been the ones around him. He gives a look to each one for a few seconds, and... If it means you get to keep your lives, I'll give it up. Here, take this. And twelve massive feminine hands emerge from the robes and kind of converge as one in the center of the ring. But before you do... Yes. What do you see in my future? What do you see in me? Harthax puts up a hand. That is not the question anyone ever should know the answer to. The coin is worth much to us. We will give you your five seconds to this Pickens, the Star Traveler, and speak a truth to each of you that will not bend the fabric. Chris, Chris is holding on to this coin for dear life, and he just starts crying silently and gives it up. And the fingers wrap around the coin, and half of the sisters vanish into the shadows, retreating instantly. And the remaining six look down at Christ and say, Your truth. It is a shame to see such a beautiful weapon sheathed. But the gift of life and freedom is worth more than the power to destroy. And they look to Harithax. You have questions about an ending. We do not honor these endings by speaking of them. And your desire for information, and perhaps revenge, should not either. Children may have to touch a flame to learn it is hot, since listening is rarely enough. We look to Arvid. You are confused about what happens when someone dies. But the question you should ask is what happens when they continue to live? Just because water freezes does not mean it has changed forever. And they look to Artyom. You push a great weight with you as you walk. You move towards the light, but keep it at a distance. Remember, when looking in the mirror, that everything consumed by flame becomes dark. And Pickens also wipes some tears away from his face and says, I, I did not ask this of you, but you save Job family. Ah, thank you. You owe us one. Yes. You, you owe us so much more than one. I did not ask this, but I will honor that honor is Pickens' flame. We should go. Much to do. Much to talk about. Pickens tell mortal Dawn everything about plan. Things get very scary from here. And this place gives me big willies. Uh, goodbye, sisters of order. Pickens prays to gods in all realms. He never sees your horrible faces again. <laughs> I suspect they shared the sentiment. As everyone starts to leave, the very weak Christ, the sobbing Christ, tries to stand a little bit and, and gestures, just give me a few more moments. It won't make sense. And uh, as they give a bit more distance, he calls out to the sisters and says, teach me this song for creation. 
you have already learned it. And the time has come for the mortal dawn to set out of Abel. You're sure that you'll return someday. There's so many more sights to see. Quite literally an infinite amount. But you've been given a quest, and there are people in danger. The deck of the Elmen Dagger hums under your feet. The pink void that houses Abel begins to blur as you accelerate faster and faster, onward into the outer worlds and the dangerous task at hand. Pickens grips the wheel, racked with nerves. The accumulator and manifester and five seconds of bot time all in hand. He takes a long pull of a bottle of bourbon brought from the Lounge of Ultimate Questing and turns to you all to say, Now things become very dangerous. It is time to speak of plans and to bring some truths to surface. Well, that was... That was... That was some serious shit. I couldn't have put it better myself. What kind of crazy-ass time bank are they running? Do you know you can buy and sell time? I can't say that I did, Storm. It really makes you wonder. What what I could get if I scraped together a few of my bad childhood years. Based on what little we saw, I'm not sure that's quite how it works. I wouldn't ask for much. Maybe a new hat. I can never tell if I have the head for it. I might look good in a hat. Well, I'm sure you would, pal, but regardless, it seems like the Sacred Sisterhood saw right through our heroes. Will this moving transaction affect the outcome of their objective? Well, with this kind of clientele, whatever it is they bargain for, it's bound to be a big deal. You could change someone's whole life with just a few seconds. You... You can say that again. I could skip that three count while I lost my pinky toe in the war, and then I wouldn't have so much trouble buying boots. That little piggy went to market and left me with a big damn space to fill. Or, I could avoid buying that drink for Francesca. Now that would have improved a few rough years. No question here. Or, or maybe I could, um, wait, wait a second. Did you do one of those, uh, things, one of those subtle things where you let some, some complex emotion slip? Like a backstory appetizer? I have no idea what you're talking about, Storm. No, no. Flash me back, Kip. Flash me back to that time that you... Well, that's all the time we have for this week, folks. This is a safe space, Kip. Join us next time as we follow the MDs into the warp and set sail to distant worlds. I think a thunderhug will squeeze it loose. Come here. Will the mission find its finale? Or will this cosmic crew meet a cruel fate? (laughs) Find out next time on the League of Ultimate Questing. Good. It's all looking very good. Oh man, it's nice drama this episode. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Good, Thanks. good action and good drama all together. Guys, are that saw a dragon? I know, dragon. right? In real life, I'm surprised they didn't just polymorph and just go after it. Honestly, uh, <laughs> I was not expecting them to take the coin. I didn't think see the coin thing happening at all. I was just oh, like, that's painful. Like I'm sitting here and my gut is like, oh god, I can't. How old was the dragon? Law? It was a. It was a. What elder? What's the adult? Term? Ancient. Ancient. Gr- ancient. I couldn't think of the word for some reason. Awesome. Flipping possum. Yeah. I mean, the possum you found was disgusting. But <laughs> <laughs> heart attacks thought it was awesome, and that's what's important. Aww. It's Zach's turn to do that shit. Yeah, baby. Well, I just want to go around the table and say hello to everybody here, starting with. Hello, my name is Sam. I play Arvid Ultimate. I am a level two druid, level eight barbarian. Nice. That's a lie. Yeah. No, you're <laughs> that's not. That's a lot. That's, that's more no- levels than I really have. Sam's, I'm a Drew Barb, guys. Hi. Sam's Hi. cheating. She's got two Sam's levels Sam's secretly my favorite. I've been doing yeah. oh, <laughs> levels. <laughs> Level 10. <laughs> rest of us. Oh, uh, yeah. That's all. That's that's all. I'm just a, I'm an actor here. <laughs> I play and you're awesome. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Michael Loving. I play Harthax. Harthax is only level eight because I'm average <laughs> at best in Law's like list. <laughs> I like the word player over actor because it both doubles as actor and player. And it oh. makes me feel like I'm Shakespearean or yes. something. Exactly. I'm, like, I'm a You're player. Trained. Or like, you know, the, the Gargoyles show. They they're all like, How exactly all like players? the Gargoyles show. <laughs> I love that show. I, I'll bring it up anytime I have a chance. I prefer the term drama trumpet. Trumpet. <laughs> 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 that's not a phrase that's ever been used to describe me before. <laughs> Well, neither was septic water balloons. So. That is. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Hi. Uh, Michael? I already said it. I said oh, it. Uh, did you finish, though? I thought I got you mm-hmm. halfway through. I don't know. Maybe I did. <laughs> Heart attacks is a warlock. <laughs> there. <laughs> Big true. Nailed I, it. I already yeah. said I was level eight. <laughs> uh, oh, hello. 
Uh, <laughs> oh, hello. hello. I didn't see you there. <laughs> Hi, I'm Alante, and I play Chris Grand, the level six crystalline sorcerer and level two bard. Excellent. I am Zach Barkus. I am the technical director for Slapdash Studios and sometimes editor along with Tori Christensen. Thank you, Tori. Notorious. <laughs> I forgot to think of a new song. Beautiful. <laughs> um, I am also the voice of Artyom Volkov, the cleric of Sunlight and Suffering. My name's Law. I'm the Dungeon Master, creative director of Slapdash Studios. Hot damn. Well, as y'all know, episodes go live every Monday, and we've got new bonus content every Friday on our social media, which you should definitely check out. You can find links to all that stuff on the LUQ.com. But honestly, the biggest thing I can ask all of you to do is share this with your friends. Mm -hmm. Literally, the number of people who pop up in our Discord or on our Twitter or just tell us that they that they all heard about this from a friend. That's what matters. That's everything. Mm -hmm. Get that word of mouth going and get our get get this luck and and questy goodness out to the whole world, please. Oh boy, that's literally all I have to say to you. Go share it with somebody. Share it with your friends, your dentists, their dogs, everyone. And until next time, we wish you luck. Yeah. Okay, but bye. <laughs> <laughs>